Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 81, The Paternalism Trap for Startups. Most small businesses owned and led by men still operate in a paternalistic fashion. They are family businesses after all, and dad's generally the owner still. For the average local restaurant, you know, this rings true for us. We've seen dad behind the counter or in the kitchen, keeping that family business alive. Non-family employees may sign up, but the family controls the company. When the small business is like this, a family enterprise, I'm not going to criticize dad for being a dad at work. Not here anyways. But I continue to see paternalistic work cultures inside consumer startups, where the employees are not bred relatives and the focus is all about scaling and growth and venture yaya. I call it fictive paternalism. And I should add, I've worked in such a fictive paternalistic company myself years ago. The workplace research I reviewed indicates that paternalism undermines performance in a fast-moving, quickly evolving organization operating in a context of uncertainty. And I've seen this up close too. But let me define this term first, blending a variety of sources. Paternalistic work cultures are ones where one male person makes all the big decisions and pushes execution down the chain. These are command and control working environments. Papa essentially makes all the large-sized and medium-sized decisions with or without you involved. He rewards loyalty with explicit or implicit benefits. It takes a hell of a lot to get fired unless you really anger Papa. Tons of second chances are given without clear performance criteria, and no performance-based incentives are offered at all. Leaders tend not to have higher-fire authority. They may not even control their budgets independently, even when they manage millions and millions of dollars in spending. Papa Bear will take care of you, but you won't have autonomy working for Papa. And your career development is of no concern to him, really. To him, the company's the only place you'd ever want to work. I mean, so why would you leave? Only a loser would leave. Leaving Papa is betrayal, in some cases. Paternalism operates on a continuum from benevolent to malevolent. The former attracts women, lots of women, with self-advocacy issues. Socialized, let's be honest, to submit to male dominance. The malevolent kind attracts no one, of course. But really, do you even know that it's malevolent until you sign up? Malevolent paternalism is the origin of the toxic workplace articles you keep reading about. It's autocratic, mean, petty, and narcissistic. It's Darth Vader. Most people who remain in the malevolent paternalistic company are only there because they cannot find a way out, not for lack of trying. I've seen groups of co-founder friends folks operate as a paternalistic workplace, despite the fact that they're all the same age, with one of the friends playing the papa role. That's weird. That's super weird. Social science on paternalism in the workplace is surprisingly not well developed. Maybe because we just are too embarrassed to look at the obvious problem we have around us. But we do know, and what I've seen, is that paternalism leads to underperformance relative to the employee's actual capability and potential in a fast-growing company. In other words, even if growth is good or good enough, it could be doing even better and nobody realizes it. Hey listeners, exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising, and a great team. 
you need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com courses. And now back to the episode. Regardless of their talent or intentions, everybody in a paternalistic company sends everything up the chain for approval. And Papa likes the attention. He undermines delegation and autonomy by making most decisions with you and some for you like a lightning bolt. He deflates ambition with his paternalistic lack of trust. You are in the position of a teenager, basically. Lots of time is spent framing things for Papa in order for the insecure teenager to look good. Everything slows down because these decks and conversations and pre-meetings chew up valuable time that could have been spent on actually executing things. Slowing down decision-making is the single most uncompetitive thing you could possibly do or possibly allow inside your startup. It's potentially disastrous if it leads you to missing an opportunity to say pitch a major chain, for example, which is often only an annual opportunity. Paternalistic cultures solve problems really, really slowly, unless Papa notices them first. And now if he doesn't, they tend to fester and then Papa gets mad. But paternalism doesn't encourage anyone to surface problems in my experience. Nope, it encourages employees to bury them. Especially if Papa has a problem managing frustration. And this is often the case because in this paternalistic model, in a small organization, that individual leader's entire personality gets catered to. Their preferences are catered to. Their individuality is now the culture. Now, knowing the fact that he's not getting honest information from his people, Papa may employ one of his leaders to go and extract it <laughs> or even hire a consultant to go find the problems that he's not being told about. As recent sociological work has surfaced, this is pretty interesting, paternalistic leaders also consistently undermine female executive autonomy the most. Now, this is changing with the younger generations, but today's female leaders, let's be honest, they're still mostly 45 plus. And that generational cohort is very used to paternalism by now. <laughs> they were primed to accept it as a trade-off for access to the corporate kingdom. This tolerance amongst older women does not change in any way how paternalism affects their performance, as I just described. It just keeps them from quitting in the first six months. Employees ultimately become children in this model, not independent, proactive, and resourceful problem solvers. Everything requires permission. Initiative basically disappears because it's generally punished for not originating from Papa, more than rewarded. Perhaps the most devastating weakness of paternalistic leadership is that it defends the status quo operating culture as irreplaceable, even when rapid growth means the company needs to chase a new state of operations. For example, after you hit $50 million and absolutely after you hit $100 million. There is simply no way for Papa to manage 100 people or more in a paternalistic manner. It's a model that really only works functionally uh, for slow-growing companies between 2 and 25. That doesn't mean that everyone's going to be happy in the model, but it can work in that scenario. So why do people remain in paternalistic operating cultures? Well, the same reason paternalism attracts some workers. And yes, it does. Look, fatherhood hasn't vanished, and so paternalism probably won't lose its ability to attract an audience either. Paternalism is attractive to employees who are professionally immature. 
like a teenager. These folks want to outsource responsibility for their results because they're insecure and they lack confidence. So younger folks in their early part of their career curve fit really well into this model. Why deal with the stress of autonomy and accountability when you're 28 and you're just trying to enjoy yourself? Paternalism is also attractive to folks gifted at manipulating leaders or sociopaths who enjoy screwing with their heads. I've seen the latter up close, my friends. Paternalism also attracts and retains those who just aren't that ambitious or hardworking and don't want to be pressured into better performance. If I were to sum it up, paternalism attracts and rewards mediocre individual performance from folks who could achieve so much more, but A, don't know that they can due to insecurity, or B, they just don't want to work that hard. Men led the attack on paternalistic work cultures for perhaps obvious reasons. Men feel more culturally entitled to autonomy at work than women do, especially since Gen X entered the workforce. I should note, though, that paternalism, it doesn't kill businesses. It's not a bankruptcy driver. I mean, it's even scaled multiple consumer brands before. When it's benevolent, some people just love the environment. But I can tell you that as Gen Z enters the workplace, it's leading to massive churn among the minority of very high performers that you, the founder, want inside your company if you want to ride the ramp. And it's very true among Gen Z women who are just not putting up with the bullshit anymore. If you want to grow fast, encourage rapid decision-making, and maximize employee happiness and achievement, paternalism is something you want to avoid at all costs. And what is the primary cost? Ego. Oh, and by the way, women can reproduce all the dynamics of paternalism I've discussed. And it shouldn't surprise us, because if they're over the age of 50, to a large extent, it's all they've ever known during their career. And that's all I've got this time, folks. As always, remember, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.